two. Well, it is another highly caffeinated week here at uh, the Midnight Podcast World Headquarters that has recently been converted into the Midnight Corey Headquarters. And, uh, you know, all of the uh, all the documents are being signed, all the legal work and, and things like that um, is being finalized. And uh, the uh, Midnight Podcast Corporation has, uh, you know, uh, sold over all of the equipment and uh, the studio space and everything over to Midnight Corey, which is uh, which is really good. I gave myself a great deal on everything. I really did. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, here we are. But uh, yeah, it, it's a really good day. I hope that the sound quality isn't terrible on this because for some reason, stupid people with stupid bulldozers are directly outside of the Midnight Corey headquarters. <laughs> And uh, they're very loud. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that won't come through. I, uh, yeah. Anyhow, before I launch right into uh, this new episode, this new whatever thing that I'm doing here, which is completely self-serving, you know, <laughs> I've realized podcasting is is a, is a very, very self-serving kind of medium, as is a blog and things like that, because it's all about, here's me, here's how wonderful I am, and I want you to know it, so I'm going to do wonderful things, and hopefully you listen to it and tell me how wonderful I am, <laughs> which is basically what this is, I guess, when I think about it. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so I, I, I don't know, I'm not gonna go into podcast philosophy and, and things like that, uh, although I could, maybe I'll do a, <laughs> a whole rambling episode about that sometime, yeah, oh, that'll lose a lot of listeners for sure, but anyhow, before I get into me, 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 uh, I'm gonna talk about some other great things going on, I want you to go over right now to jamesmelzer.net, now, I tell you to do that a lot, and I really appreciate you going over there and checking out my friend James. But right now, there's a lot of really, really wonderful things happening over there. Um, Mr. Melzer has been providing quite a bit of new content lately, adding great things on a daily basis. And he has, like, themes for every day, and it's really, really cool. He's got this great theme on Wednesday that he calls Wednesday Wildcard. And this is where that you, you, can submit really, really short kind of weird tales of paranormal experiences or brushes with the supernatural. And he's going to showcase these on jamesmelzer.net, which is really, really cool. I love to see that kind of thing, opening up the doors for people to submit stuff. And especially, you know, spooky little tales like this. So that's a great idea. Also, I really, really hope that you are listening to Unleashed, which is, of course, James' podcast over there on the most recent one, which is episode 16. Um, he talks with the very cool horror author Paul E. Cooley, which is great. And the episode is co-hosted by his very talented, very wonderful bride-to-be, Jennifer Hudock. So it's a, it's a great time. You'll also hear my segment, uh, which is Twisting the Blade, and that's where I ramble on about uh, the movie The Graves. So it's a good time. And I'm very humbled to be on that podcast and, and also to be on Library of the Living Dead and Library of Horror, things like that, because uh, they're, they're such great podcasts with huge followings and stuff. And here's just little old Corey just <laughs> blathering away about nothing constantly. <laughs> so speaking of wonderful, wonderful people, um, Spooky Bill has been doing this very awesome uh, web series. It's a video series 
called Pathophysiology of the Living Dead. He hosts it himself. He puts everything together. He does a lot of graphic work and things like that, and he's really going into charting out zombies and the living dead. And Spooky Bill, which y'all know who Spooky Bill is, I'm sure. Um, he was uh, huge on the Midnight Podcast, and he's a good friend. And uh, he is one of the most... Uh, intelligent people out there on the web right now talking about zombies, and uh, you'll you'll get that definitely by watching his videos. They're great videos. He's up to episode four now. There's a ton of information, a ton of work goes into this stuff, and Spooky Bill's really doing a great job. It's going strong, so uh, you can check it out over at potld.blogspot.com. Spooky Bill's the man, and uh, we're going to be hearing from him actually uh, today because he left a voicemail. Yeah, that's right. We got voicemails. So, very, very awesome. But he's joined up with uh, this Penny Cult thing. And it's something I became aware of back when I was still doing that, that other podcast. And uh, I couldn't quite figure it out. It looks like kind of like a big organization of podcasters under this umbrella of something. And with my experiences, things like that just don't go well. And I know they set up a bunch of rules over there and uh, kind of, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I still don't really get kind of uh, what's going on. They have a big, crazy website that I, I, I can't, I can't uh, understand very much of. And uh, so, I don't know. It might be cool. It might not be. I don't know. There are a bunch of podcasts on there, some, some ones that aren't that great. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what's going on. But Spooky Bill is definitely, definitely the gem. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, check it out. So, uh, anyhow, I'll be talking about a lot today. I'll be talking about an awful lot. And I'm just going to go down through my list. Um, but the, the big things, I got voicemails, like I told you. And I also have a zombie movie review. And you know, here's the thing. I, I didn't start podcasting again so that I could have a zombie podcast. Um, I had that. And uh, I don't want that anymore. Um, I, I found that zombie podcasting... And uh, to a certain extent, horror podcasting is a highly, highly competitive cutthroat field in which people will do anything that they possibly can to get ahead. And uh, I, I just don't want to be part of that. <laughs> I don't, man. I want to mellow out, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyhow, um, I, I, the thing is, I'm going to be talking about a lot of zombie stuff on this podcast, and a lot. Um, so it's kind of inevitable here. Because if I left that kind of stuff out, it, it wouldn't be me, you know, it wouldn't be something that I'm passionate about. So I gotta talk about it. it it's just something, I watch a lot of movies and read a lot of stuff and, and whatever. So it, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. But I'm gonna be talking about a whole lot of other stuff and, and doing a whole lot of other stuff. So I'll be talking about some things that I was thinking about this week and some things that kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, I'll be talking about some movies, uh, video games, some TV stuff, just random stuff. Gonna have fun with it. And oh, oh yes, more original music. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk all about that. Uh, and if you read my blog, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So yeah, here we go. Let's just get on with this thing and uh, yeah, whatever. Oh, God. 
Here we go. Uh, I live in the great state, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And here in Pennsylvania, um, because of state laws, every year I have to get my vehicle registered, which I send them like, oh, I don't know, it's like 60 some bucks or 80 bucks or something. And then they send me a piece of paper. And then I stick a little sticker on my license plate and that, that's it. And then also every year I have to get my vehicle inspected. So I have to take it to an official inspection station and have them check it out. And it's like 20 bucks for that. And then they give me a piece of paper. And uh, I also, because of the county I live in, I have to get emissions testing, which is another like 40 bucks or something like that. So, you know, there's all this. And then they give you uh, stickers to place on the inside of your windshield so that they know that you have your car inspected and you know that uh, you got it uh, with the emissions thing. Well, this year, all of the stickers that uh, PennDOT, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, is issuing are all uh, peeling off of the windshields, and uh, they're falling off of people's windshields, and people are using tape to put these back on. So they've got a lot of complaints about this, and it's happening to me, it's happening to my wife. And, uh, you know, uh, there was a news report on, and uh, PennDOT has said, oh, well... These are, uh, you know, pretty shoddy quality stickers that uh, we got from our supplier. So, sorry. And they're not willing to do anything about it. If you want new stickers to replace the bad ones, you got to pay for them. Which, I mean, it's, it's not that expensive to get new stickers, but it's just the principle of the thing. If you give me shoddy things that I have already paid for then uh, I kind of expect you to make it right, you know? <laughs> but Pennsylvania is refusing to do that. You gotta pay, because they picked a crappy supplier. So, yeah, there we go. It's, it's another sign of our, our wonderful governments at work. And there's another thing on about the government now banning uh, something else. I mean, the government is banning everything. Ban everything. Uh, the government wants to control what we do and uh, the things that we use and, and the things that we say. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Makes me very sad. But So, yeah, that has me worked up this week. I'm not getting stickers. I'm leaving the peeled off disgusting stickers on my car. And if Mr. Policeman pulls me over and uh, starts complaining about my stickers, I'll tell him that these were the stickers issued to me by PennDOT and that, uh, you know, hey, what can you do? I'll probably still get a ticket anyhow, but it's just a principle of the thing. <laughs> you know? 
Oh boy. So yeah, yeah, those are what kind of had me a little riled up this week. But uh, I watched some movies. I'm going to be talking about the zombie one later at, at uh, Killing Spree. But uh, for some reason, the one day I was uh, working and uh, decided to put on a couple movies. I, I love Netflix Instant Watch. It's just uh, wonderful on the Wii. Uh, because, uh, man, man, it's just like I'm watching stuff constantly on there now. I watched back-to-back stoner movies this week that I haven't watched for a long time. Um, the first movie I watched was Cheech and Chong's Next Movie, which is a classic. Just about every Cheech and Chong movie is a, a classic. Um... But yeah, that's the one where uh, Cheech and Chung are living in that house, and uh, Cheech is working at a, a studio in Hollywood, it looks like, and uh, Chung is just kind of doing nothing except uh, sitting around the house and playing guitar and smoking weed and, <laughs> and bothering the neighbors. And um, Cheech's cousin comes into town from Texas, and he's crazy, and he brings all kinds of weed, and they go on these these crazy escapades, and it ends up they go flying into space and everything like that. So it's your typical uh, craziness that uh, Cheech and Chong, but Pee Wee Herman's actually in that one too. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was fun. And then directly after that, I watched one that's a little bit newer than that, um, although it was it was still in the '90s. Uh, it's called the Stoned Age, and it's something. It's a little more obscure because it wasn't really. Uh, I didn't hear much about it. The only way I found out about it was, uh, you know, back in the day. I saw it on the video store shelves, you know, at the video rental place, rather. And uh, so, yeah, I gave it a shot. <laughs> I actually really like that movie too. <laughs> that one's crazy. It's almost like a, a, a comic book, um, but it's kind of kind of campy and and kind of kind of fun. I don't know. <laughs> But got a new appreciation for the Blue Oyster Cult, though, after that. <laughs> so, yeah, for some some reason this week, I decided to watch uh, those two back-to-back. So I had kind of a psychedelic sort of uh, afternoon the one day. Um, but uh, I've also been kind of enthralled by a couple series on TV. Um, you all know I like Lost. And, of course, the uh, final episode already happened. But, see, we record all the episodes, and I don't have a lot of time uh, regularly during the week to, to sit down and watch TV. So uh, we record everything and then we just take a big chunk of time and just kind of watch everything. So I still have both the finale of Lost and the episode right before it to watch. And, uh, oh man, some retard uh, posted spoilers on Twitter and he just posted, spoiler alert, blah, 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 and then he spoiled it. And I'm like, you know, I'm sick and tired of this spoiler alert thing. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. You know, I think I've said it a few times in my day, and I feel like kind of a tool now for saying it. It's kind, of, it's getting to the point where I'm sick of it. You know, people are just itching to spoil stuff, so they're like, "Well, if I put spoiler alert ahead of it, then it's okay, and people know to tune out and stuff." But not in <laughs> in the same Twitter post. So yeah, yeah, I got kind of spoiled on uh, the finale of Lost, which is awesome. So thank you, idiot, on Twitter. I'm not going to say your name. I don't. I didn't even know who he was. He just, uh, I think he started following me, so I followed him. I didn't even know who he was. So whatever. But that upset me, but I'm still looking forward to watching it, although I, I feel that my enjoyment of that has been severely hindered because of him. Because of him. And I've heard nothing but actually bellyaching about, <laughs> about the finale of Lost. And it's like, wow, boy, I got something cool to look forward to. <laughs> I mean, people seem to hate it. I've only heard one positive thing about Lost, the finale, and that was from Brian from Drunken Zombie. 
he posted something positive. He's like, I actually liked it. And he went on to have a couple comments about it. And he, being the incredibly nice person that he is, he didn't spoil it for me any further than I have already. I don't know. But yeah, I'll still watch it. The other one I'm watching um, is V. And uh, I guess, uh, what's the finale coming up? Or has the finale already happened? I think it's still coming up. Uh, I think it's this week or whatever. I don't I don't even know. But uh, that's got really, really good, too. Uh, the only thing that bugs me about that is, of course, the CG. And I put that up on Twitter and and most of the people agreed with me. Just the CG looks so bad. And uh, it's not necessarily the CG in and of itself. It's the CG whenever it's put into the scene with the rest of the characters or the rest of the background because uh, especially when they're on the mothership and they're they're up there and they're in these crazy crazy sci-fi you know rooms where everything's lit up and flashing and just all kinds of CG you know computer generated stuff around them and they're obviously uh, green screened and often uh, it, they're not really even that that well uh, green screened, whatever you want to say. You know, the green screening is very shoddy, I think. And so you put them up against this background. It's just, it's not fitting for me. It's not working for me. Maybe it's because I, I have an eye for this and I, I've done this kind of thing before. I've, I've been kind of behind the scenes uh, green screening and, and CG stuff. So maybe... Maybe that's why. Maybe other people are cool with it. You know, a lot of people responded to my Twitter post saying, oh, well, you know, it works for me. You know, it's kind of in the in the same spirit as the 80s series and everything. And I was like, uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so that kind of let me down, especially the last episode of V that I watched. And I, I'm behind on this, too. But the last one I watched is when Anna hands the baby over to that guy. I can't remember his name now, but he was the V who was, uh, you know, living in society and he had kind of turned against the V's and so he was kind of in hiding and his wife had the baby and so Anna hands him the baby and its little lizard tail kind of slips out the bottom of the blanket and everything and it is so bad. It is so bad. I swear I saw that on, uh, um, you know, Giant Octopus versus Mega Shark or Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, whatever it was. But, uh, yeah. Oh, man, that was so terrible. I'm just... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's too bad. It's really too bad. Because it, it, otherwise, it's, it's written very well, and it's it's produced very well. It's just CG ruins so much stuff. And I'd, I'm a broken record when it comes to that. Any, <laughs> anyhow. So yeah, my wife and I enjoy uh, a lot of the same TV shows, although she watches some really, really dumb ones. She was watching The Bachelorette the other night, so that was, <laughs> that was great. Um, but uh, something that, uh, unfortunately, we don't have in common is musical tastes. And uh, I am just so into music. I love listening to all kinds of music. I love playing all kinds of music, which is, you know, I'm trying to, you know, kind of get more of that out of there and kind of the music I come up with and and things. And she's just not into it at all. She's more of a, you know, just turn on the radio and listen to whatever's on the top 40 station and, and things like that. So she comes up to me the other day and there was this little glimmer of hope kind of in that whole realm um, because she comes up to me and she says, oh, Corey, I, I want to go see a concert this summer. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's actually really, really cool because, uh, you know, going out to see bands, listening to, you know, concerts and, and supporting them that way is a, a great thing to do because bands make far more money themselves off of touring than they do, uh, in, uh, you know, record sales and, and CD sales, online sales, things like that. They just make a whole lot more money touring. And uh, if you can support artists that you really believe in that way, that's the best thing that you can do for them. So 
she says, yeah, I want to go see a concert. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. Who do you want to go see? And she's like, Lady Gaga is coming to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, no, no, you're not going. Wife, you are not going to see Lady Gaga. <laughs> I know I sound like a like a, a chauvinist. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but uh, I didn't tell her. I didn't say that. And uh, I don't try to control my wife or anything like that. She, she can do whatever she wants. She is a, a very wonderful person in and of herself, and I respect that. But uh, I'm like, you're not going to see Lady Gaga. you got to be kidding me. I mean, this is the kind of crap that she wants. I mean, it's totally... Uh, every song that I've heard of Lady Gaga's, um, I've already heard over and over and over again all throughout the 80s. Um, it's nothing at all. She puts on... You know, she wears weird stuff, and then she's like, I'm an artist. <laughs> and, and she's a man, by the way. Did you know that? Yeah. Lady Gaga is a man. So it's like, you want to go support this corporate, repackaged, you know, fake plastic crap here, and you're going to end up paying a, a ton of money for concert tickets. You know, why don't you come with me? You know, hey, you see, here's me. And now I'm acting all high and mighty and self-righteous and everything by saying... Well, I'm going to see Fish this summer in Cleveland. And boy, you know, that's a band right there that is worth supporting. They work very, very, very hard. They tour constantly. Now they don't so much. Uh, they all have their own kind of solo things going at the same time, but they, they uh, have reformed and they, they're going strong and they're touring. And it's a, it's a great band. They have a great philosophy of music. They write fantastic music. I love jam bands. <laughs> And uh, I'm like, so that's who I will be supporting and uh, going to see. So why don't you see that? And she, she hates fish, and she doesn't, she doesn't want any part of that <laughs> whatsoever. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to see fish, and then only a few days before fish, in uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, at the Palace Theater, Les Claypool is playing. So I'm going to see if I can pull that one off too, because I love Les Claypool. Les Claypool is single-handedly responsible for me beginning to play the bass. So, yeah, 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 very cool. I've seen Les a lot of times in Primus and the Frog Brigade, um, at just his solo stuff, uh, all kinds of things. So, never got to see Oysterhead, though, which is a bummer. I, I really wish I would have been able to see them. Um, but they never, I don't think, came anywhere close to me. Um, but that was great. Oysterhead was Les Claypool on bass, Trey Anastasio from Fish on guitar, and uh, Stuart Copeland, the percussionist, drummer, whatever, from The Police <laughs> on drums. And uh, they put out a, a, a great album. It's crazy. And did a lot of touring and stuff for it. But I never got to see them. But anyhow, I'm going to see if I can pull off, you know, seeing Les Claypool in Greensburg here uh, in June. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, so, no, I, I don't think my wife is going to go see Lady Gaga because I will not take her. <laughs> I sure won't. And I hate seeing our money going towards that. Oh, oh boy, oh boy. So yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as music goes, uh, original music coming up. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you more about that when I get around to playing it later on, later on in the in the episode thing here. I'll I'll do it. But so that's that's general stuff. Uh, uh, zombie things this week. A lot of zombie news. I think the most significant uh, news that I've heard lately is about. Uh, J.L. Bourne's next book, the direct sequel to Day by Day Armageddon, which is called Day by Day Armageddon Beyond Exile. And you can pre-order it right now at Amazon. And uh, I believe it's going to be in uh, July, the beginning of July when they release that. I think that's what the date said. So yeah, I'll give you the link to that on uh, on uh, midnightcory.com for this episode. But uh, 
Oh, I cannot wait for that. And Mr. Bourne is such a fantastic guy also. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Back in the day, in that other podcast, I talked about an upcoming African zombie movie. It's called The Dead. And um, I, I, I talked about its production in the trailer and things. Well, it's playing right now at the Cannes Film Festival, which uh, is really exciting. Um, I've been following this for a while, and they keep releasing stills and, and new elements for it. And I'll give you all the links to that. Dread Central had a bunch. And um, this, they actually filmed this movie in West Africa. Um, and apparently, when they were shooting it, it was just it was full of hardships and stumbling blocks and things. And, and I'm not just talking about, you know, the, the regular things that filmmakers run into, like, you know, running out of money or, or problems with the script or the actors or things like that. I'm talking about West Africa problems. I'm talking about malaria, cannibals, uh, getting mugged, a whole lot of other stuff. And I guess when they release this on DVD and probably Blu-ray, um, there's going to be a book that accompanies it that's all about the filmmaker's experiences <laughs> making this movie. So that's called The Dead. I am really looking forward to it. Um, they got a Facebook group that uh, I just joined this week, and I have links to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's exciting. I, I really hope it doesn't suck. But, oh boy, I heard of another uh, Day of the Dead remake. Another one. But this time, of course, they're making it in 3D. <laughs> yeah, of course they are. Of course. <laughs> Oh, man. So, you know, the only positive thing that I think I can say about this is that uh, I think pretty much anything can be better than uh, Day of the Dead 2008. So, <laughs> but yeah, there's still in talks about it right now. And, uh, you know, there's not a not a whole lot of info or things done with it yet. But yeah, yeah, they're talking about making Day of the Dead in 3D. And I'm sure they'll screw it up, but probably not as bad as uh, you know, the other people did in uh, 2008. And speaking of screw-ups, uh, Survival of the Dead, <laughs> that DVD and Blu-ray will be available in the U.S. of A. on August 24th this summer. And uh, the Blu-ray is called the Ultimate Undead Edition, so I'm not sure what's going to be going into that. And here's the thing, I'll probably end up actually buying this DVD or this Blu-ray when it comes out. Uh, because it's like I have this whole line of Romero movies on my shelf, you know? So, I just gotta do it, I guess, just to kind of, uh, be there. <laughs> I'll probably never watch it. I might give it one more shot, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. But it's coming out at the end of the summer here. Uh, I don't know if you're excited about that. Whatever. Well, that's all I got as far as, uh, you know, zombie news and things like that this week. Uh, not a whole lot going on. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you up to date, because I just, I, I can't help it. Tom, he wasn't trying to make a move on me. He was just telling me how much he pleased his girlfriend in bed. Get out of my house right now before I throw you out, you big ass, big ass. It wasn't necessary for you to fly off the handle like that. I want this marriage to work, and I love you. Like, like, hey, babe, like, why don't we go back to my bachelor pad, you know? Wow, that sounds great. So, Mr. Electrician, how would you like to fix my wiring? If you're not in any hurry, we could uh, lighten up this afternoon with some real action. Three in one day! That bitch! It's not her fault! It's sick men who have to be stopped from ruining my wife!
I heard. You're not into some devil cult bullcrap, are you? That's not allowed in my neighborhood. Well, all right, time for a zombie movie review. How about it? Well, if you have Netflix and you can do the instant watch thing, then uh, you can watch the movie that I'm talking about right now. It's called Killing Spree, 1987. And 80s zombie movies are great, man. <laughs> They're hilarious. It was directed by Tim Ritter, who uh, is, is a bit of a... Uh, a Z movie legend. Because of this, actually, I'm going to start checking out other things that he's done and other people who are involved in this have done because it's really, really interesting. Now, people seem to either love this or hate this movie. <laughs> um, you either see it as wonderful, horrific weirdness or as just a terrible Z-grade movie. And you can take your pick, whatever. Uh, everyone's going to have their opinion. As I talk about this, I'm going to spoil it. Because, really, the twists and the turns in the plot have nothing to do with the overall real enjoyment of the movie, which is just the cheesy, weird, Z-grade horror. So, it's, it's actually fun. So, here's what happens. And, like I said, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be cool and say that now. Um, anyhow, anyhow, here we go. Tom Russo is the lead guy. He suspects that his wife, and they've only been married like six months, um, he's convinced she has been sleeping around. And he finds her notebook the one day, and, and she's writing about all these sexual escapades that she's had with the people around the neighborhood and people who have come into the house. And so he becomes more and more paranoid about it. And, well, I mean, he goes downright crazy, actually. And he begins to murder everybody that he suspects is sleeping with his wife, including his best friend, the TV repairman, the delivery guy, the lawn guy, and among a whole lot of others. <laughs> and uh, at the end, the people he's killed come back as zombies, and they can't rest until they've killed Tom, and they've kind of avenged what has happened. And uh, it turns out that they have been wrongfully killed because his wife was actually just writing these fictional stories to sell to this trashy magazine because they needed extra cash. And she's never really cheated on him at all, and she would never do that. And so he's killed all these people wrongfully. Uh, but as they're trying to get away and everything, the zombies try to strike a deal with Tom. They tell him that they're not going to kill him if he kills his wife, because that way... She'll come back as a zombie, too, and they can have fun with her, you know, because she's a very attractive, very beautiful woman. So he says, OK, he agrees to it, but he ends up sacrificing himself by cutting his own throat with a hacksaw. And then all the zombies just kind of, you know, return to being dead again and uh, everything is OK. And the, the girl survives, I think. So there it is. That's that's the whole plot of the story. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of what you would expect here. Um, the lead actor, I got to talk about this guy. I was I was very taken with this guy. He has he has this big weird mustache and beard, and uh, his real name is great. His real name is Asbestos Felt. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Asbestos Felt, the perfect look uh, for a psycho. I mean, he he does it over the top, crazy good. Um, and, uh, I've decided that I, I love this guy 
and I wish he would have done more. And apparently he has done other things. I'm trying to dig up other movies that this guy has been in. There's another t uh, Tim Ritter movie that uh, uh, Asbestos Felt has been in called Creep that I'm trying to track down right now. And as a matter of fact, he's uh, somewhat of a musical guy also because he performs the song at the end of the movie called Beast Within. And uh, this, I think I'm going to play that for you uh, because it's actually kind of a cool song. Um, it does this weird kind of cheesy 80s rap kind of part towards the end. But uh, overall, I think it's pretty cool. So I'm going to end up playing that for you a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, yeah. So this guy is really, really cool. And he delivers quite a stunning performance in this movie. He's truly deranged. Um, but this is another one of those zombie movies that names characters after people who have been involved with classic zombie movies. Like, for example, the lead character's name is Tom Russo. Obviously, Tom Savini, John Russo. Put them together, Tom Russo. Uh, another one, another one, Dan O'Neill. And I think that's a reference to Return of the Living Dead, Dan O'Bannon, uh, which was only a couple years before this. Return of the Living Dead, of course, was 1985. This was 87. So I think they were kind of giving a nod to that. And so they were using this naming convention thing again to, uh, to kind of, you know, give themselves cred and kind of pay tribute, I guess. Whatever. I'm not a big fan of that. But uh, this thing is shot very well. The, the camera angles and, and placement uh, was very interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of them were, were just placed in the, like, the upper corners or, or direct POV shots. Sometimes the, the actors would talk directly into the camera. It was kind of weird. Um, but they did have some good blocking, some good foreground, background kind of separation things going on. So some of it was kind of interesting. The editing overall wasn't bad at all. So, you know, we do see some glints of competence, which leads me to believe that much of the campiness and kind of the, what people see as the badness of this movie was done intentionally, I think, to a certain extent. Uh, so I, I just love it. I mean, they used this really great, highly dramatic lighting during some of the more intense scenes. So there, there were things like that that were kind of artistic. But yeah, it, it delivers in the horror, you know, and delivers <laughs> in the gore. Um, you know, there's, uh, I only found one really, really disturbing scene. And that was uh, toward the beginning, the very first kind of dream sequence that he has with the lips. And, and if you know it, I'll just uh, let you watch it yourself. <laughs> That's the only one that is really kind of, oh, Wow, geez. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there are some great scenes in it, though. A lot of great scenes. Um, when, as he is in the grips of this paranoia and he, he's thinking, you know, his wife has been sleeping around. He's really mad and he's going kind of nuts. He goes down to the beach and he just starts punching people at random. <laughs> he's just so mad. And it's great. It is great. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I've decided that if I ever have a reason to believe that uh, my significant other is being unfaithful, uh, I'm going to work myself up into such a frenzy that I'm going to go up to the beach here at uh, Lake Erie, which is just a few minutes from where I live, and uh, I'm just going to start punching people at random. And, uh, you know, I don't know, but it didn't help this guy. It really didn't, because he went on to murder people. Um, first of all, he cuts off this girl's head, and he throws it at the guy that he thinks is, is cheating with his wife uh, the first time. It's his best friend. And it hits the guy on the head, and it kills him. So that was a, that was a magnificent shot. 
of uh, you know striking a man on the head with another person's head and killing him. That was that was quite extraordinary. Um, and as we all know, the best thing to do when you're in the throes of violent, violent paranoia is to go to the bar and get hammered, because that's what the guy does in between all these killings. Um, the next thing he does, which is great, he constructs the greatest ceiling fan in history, and he uses it to murder the electrician. And uh, this scene, I'm convinced, had to have been inspired by the helicopter zombie scene from Dawn of the Dead. So yeah, that's what happens there. He ties up the TV repairman in the attic, uh, cuts him open with a chainsaw, pulls out his intestines, and hooks him up to this electrical thing and runs electricity through him. <laughs> The lawn guy, while he's still alive, he buries him up to his chin in the ground, just so his head's sticking up, and uh, then he starts running over him with a lawnmower. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, he's on top of a ladder. He's, on his, he's working on his roof doing something with a screwdriver, and he's on top of the ladder. The delivery man comes up to him and starts asking him a question, and he drops his screwdriver down, and it goes straight through the delivery man's skull. <laughs> And the, <laughs> some of the best lines ever in this movie, when, whenever the screwdriver scene happens, uh, one of the best quotes in the movie pops up. <laughs> you screw my wife, I screwdrive your head! <laughs> so, and he does all kinds of different things with the bodies after he's killed them. Some of them he buries. Uh, the one he stuffs in the rafters of the attic. The other one he stuffs into a barrel and burns them. And uh, so, yeah. And then there's his neighbor, this Mrs. Palmer lady. And uh, she's great. She kind of plays this almost subplot kind of through the movie. But uh, he decides to kill her too. And uh, this, see, these are creative kills. And this one's great. He has a hammer in his hand while he's talking to her. And he swings the hammer upward and it goes through the bottom of her jaw. And then he yanks on it and he yanks her jaw out and, and rips off her face. And then he proceeds to play with all of the, the torn flesh. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So the zombies actually are not the main part of the movie at all. You know, you could watch most of this movie not knowing that it's a zombie movie and uh, being all right with that because the zombies are just kind of thrown in at the end and they're not on very long. But uh, at the end, they're just basically kind of these retards. Um, you know, they're, they all kind of talk and they just kind of stumble around and they laugh and things like that. And they're, they're all talking to each other at one point And it's just, it's like a bunch of retards talking to each other. Oh, man. But overall, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, okay. Uh, I'll admit the, the acting is bad. But that's okay because it's campy all around and it just kind of blends right in. Um, the script is just full of really bad, really cheesy puns and one-liners. <laughs> the effects are pretty fake, but again, it doesn't matter. It, it's all fun. It's all campy. It's, all, it's over the top. It's insanity is what it is. And some people see it as just a, a really bad movie. I see it as a lot of fun. I highly recommend this. So go watch Killing Spree from 1987. Out of 10, I'll give this movie an 8. I really, really like this.
Midnight Cory. It's a knife in your eye. Midnight Cory. It's a fistful of glass. Midnight Cory. It will make you regret the day you were born. Midnight Cory. It's a hammer to the face. Midnight Cory. It's the nightmare that never ends. Midnight Cory. It's time to die. Midnight Cory. It's slippery with intestines. Midnight Cory. It's the smell of burning flesh. Join, Join us at midnightcory.com. I got another original song for you this week, and a lot of you have probably already heard it, because I posted it up on my blog on MidnightCory.com, and uh, I made a video for it, even. So before, uh, before I play it for you, and I'm going to play you that same song from the video, uh, but uh, I want to kind of give you some background into me as far as uh, writing music and things like that, and then as far as this specific song and kind of how it fits into things. Now, I write all kinds of stuff. I've been writing all kinds of songs like like crazy and I do them very fast and and uh, I put them through and I record all kinds of stuff and do it all basically myself. Very rarely do I have somebody else sit in and do a part for me. So I try and do everything myself and I put a lot of time into it and I do it primarily for myself and I really I really I mean this sounds like a cop out and maybe it is. I don't know. But I really don't expect people to really really like it. Uh because it's something that I'm doing just because I love it, and I think a lot of it is just because of my sense of humor or just kind of my weird outlook on a lot of things, so I do them for me, and uh, so I put them on the podcast, and actually before I even uh, have you guys listen to it, I send them around to some of my friends and see what they think and stuff like that, so you know, that's just what I do, and it's cool. I'm not trying to be a band, and I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just kind of doing it, and uh, I hope maybe maybe you enjoy it, maybe you don't, but I just do it. So anyhow, I write a ton of songs, and for as long as I can remember, which isn't very long, not really, uh, for like a decade, probably 10 years at least, I'm thinking, uh, I've been writing a series of songs based on Zombie 2, and uh, I've never talked about this before because it's not finished. It's still in the works, and I want to kind of record every song really well, and I want to get them down and, and do basically the whole movie, and it, it's loosely based on it. Of course, i got to change some things here and there just to make it fit into the song well, so there are details and then little things in the story that I kind of uh, work with a little bit, but it is unmistakably uh, Zombie 2. So, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, had this song recorded. This is oh, probably the fifth or sixth song, uh, that I'd come up with and, uh, it, it's called blood comes from your throat. Uh, I originally recorded it here, uh, several years ago and it was a lot more of a uh, punk feel and it was faster and, and heavier and, uh, the chorus was different and I really didn't like it. I sung it so bad. My vocals were terrible on it. Um, but, uh, I, I did it anyhow, and I was never truly happy with it, although I did kind of like the lyrics and the imagery and everything. So, uh, just this past week here, I decided to redo it and, uh, keep some of the same kind of, uh, progressions musically, but completely change the song. So I slowed it way down, added a lot of harmony parts and, and kind of, you know, weird, uh, cajon kind of drums, which I'm, I'm sitting on my cajon right now. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, um, you know, I decided to change it up a whole lot and I think I like this version a whole lot better. And while I was doing it, I decided to put a video along with it. And because while I'm listening to it, I'm like, well, this, this part of the song makes me think of this part of zombie two and that part of zombie two. And I, I was seeing these things in my head. So I put it together and ended up being this little music video thing. And, uh, yeah, it was just fun. So I put it up on YouTube. You can watch it at midnightcory.com. 
But in case you haven't heard it, or if you just feel like sitting through it again, <laughs> here is uh, the newest version that I've done of the song Blood Comes From Your Throat. Yeah. 
Check it out. I got voicemails, which is actually very flattering. I've only had one episode, got three voicemails this time around. So that is fantastic. Very first one I got was from my friend Spooky Bill. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Hey, Corey, this is Spooky Bill. Glad to have you back in the seedy world of podcasting. I listened to episode one and it was great it was uh it was Corey. it was Corey back in the game it was uh it was everything that the midnight podcast was uh less formal though but you know i think uh i think you've got a great uh podcasting uh voice um you uh not you know not having a detailed outline i think is just fine there's a lot of podcasters, a lot of great podcasters, might I add, that don't even edit their show, just kind of put it out there, just kind of, you know, um, make things up on the spot. So if you take a minute to draw up a, your outline, fine. If that saves you time um, in your daily life, I'm sorry, I've got a bit of a cold here. That saves you time and, uh, yeah, everything else, you have more free time that's not devoted to podcasting. I had more time to write music, which that song was really good, by the way, Ben the Light. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not, you know, I guess, a music aficionado. I, I like what I like, uh, whether, you know, regardless of genre. Um, so, yes, welcome back. Uh, George Romero, Survival of the Dead. Yeah, really disappointed. I was, I, yeah. I was wondering if it was because I had such high hopes for it that it just let me down. But I just, yeah, I mean, it, that's not the only reason. I mean, the whole horse riding thing, I, I, I could go into it, but I'm not going to. Um, I, I completely agree. You know, it's like he's saying, I brought you into this world. Now I'm going to take you out. Damn it. I want to be known for more than just my zombies. He's trying to, I don't know, whatever. Um, I think that, oh, Attack of the Vegan Zombies. I have heard everybody talking about this movie. It's like everybody got a screener for it. Uh, makes me want to start reviewing movies just so I can get screeners. Uh, everyone seems to like it, so definitely going to have to check it out. I don't think I've heard one negative thing about the movie. Um, yeah, but about getting screeners, I still get games from Looney's, Looney Labs from that game review back on the Midnight Podcast, which is kind of cool. Um I'm kind of rambling on about a bunch of things now, but it's been so long, man. We got a lot of catching up. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, I 
think that was it. No, there was something else. Oh, had, I haven't seen it, and I've been trying, looking on the internet, trying to find it, find it. But there, apparently, there's a commercial for like PC or Windows or like on the PC commercial. I think is what it is. Um, anyways, somebody at work was telling me, and I actually heard uh, somebody else told me too that uh, there was like a shark versus zombie. Uh, seen in, in one of these commercials, like on a TV. I'm just wondering, are they watching Zombie 2? Have you seen this commercial? Do you know what it's about? Uh, yeah, so I'm trying to find it, but I, I can't find uh, anything. So, oh, well, you know. Anyway, this has been Spooky Bill, and uh, glad to have you back. And that's it. Bye. Oh, man, it is so good to be back. I missed being in front of the microphone, as you can maybe tell. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I really appreciate all the, the kind words and the good comments. I'm, I'm glad that you like the format and the, the music and everything. I've been getting uh, a lot of nice comments about the music. And uh, I'm really glad, actually, that you brought up that commercial, because that is, in fact, the zombie versus shark scene, um, which is actually really, really cool. Um, so I, I never saw it on TV, but I did find it on YouTube because, believe it or not, a friend of mine called my uh, cell phone and left me a voicemail the other day, and he had just seen it. And uh, actually, I'm going to play that for you right now because it's, it's pretty funny. Um, I didn't tell him I was playing this, so we're just going to call him Fred. Oh, man, I was just watching TV, and there was this Microsoft 7 commercial, and these guys playing the zombie video game, right? And he's like, oh, I wanted to know what they're all inside, so blah, blah, blah. It's talking about its capacity to surf the net and put it on the TV and stuff. So he surfed the net, and the thing that he finds is to show his buddies, it's the zombie versus shark scene, absolutely. It's on national TV as a regular commercial. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, there we go. Zombie versus shark getting into the mainstream. I think everybody should watch that scene. Uh, I think everybody should see Zombie 2, actually. But there you go. Spooky Bill, thanks for calling in, man. That meant a lot. It really did. Uh, next one comes in from uh, another uh, really good friend, actually. You know who this is. This is Misfit Boy. Son of a bitch. That was the first thing he said to me when I finally met up with you at Cinema Wasteland. Had to throw it in there. Hey, Corey. Old pal, misfit boy. Um, so glad to hear you're back in the podcasting world. Hope everything's going well. And I was wondering if maybe you could uh, give everybody a take on the human centipede. Didn't find it that gory, but uh, the thought of it is rather disturbing. So, anyway, hey, I love the new song that you put up. Awesome, man. Not to mention the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald version that you did. Very good. And like I said, glad to have you back out there. And hopefully be hearing more from you. And anything else, give your old pal a call. Hopefully maybe uh, right before you went off the air for the Midnight Podcast, you were going to do some nostalgic zombie uh, reviews like white zombie and stuff like that. So uh, if you decide to do that, drop me a line, man. Let me know. Love to chime in. All right? Have a good one, bro. Glad to have you back. This is Misfit Boy. I'm out. <laughs> Dude, I completely forgot that that is the first thing that I said to you upon meeting you at Cinema Wasteland. <laughs> and I hope you understand that, that, was, that it's actually a term of endearment. 
you know. Um, I had actually just met you in person for the first time, and it was uh, really, really cool. So, son of a bitch, misfit boy. So, it was it was a positive thing. But uh, I will definitely watch Human Centipede, and I will put that up for review on the podcast here. So, looking to get into that. I know you've been talking about that a lot, so I'm uh, interested to see what that has in store for me. And um, I think I am definitely going to do that uh, whole nostalgic zombie thing you were talking about. Um, Back in the day, on that other podcast, I was going to go into this whole theme of going back to the roots of zombies and seeing where zombies came from and and, uh, going into a lot of the early, early zombie movies. And White Zombie was going to probably be the first one. So I think I'm going to do that. I think I will. I'm going to go back and start reviewing some real old, old zombie movies so everybody uh, can get a good feel for where it all came from. So, yeah, but dude, it was great to hear from you. This next voicemail, the third voicemail, the last one I got, comes from someone who has never before braved the voicemail of death. Cool. Finally made it onto the voicemail of death. Hey, Corey, it's Gracie's Poppy. Just wanted to drop a quick line to say this is great. You're back where you belong at the helm of your own show. I'm looking forward to future episodes, man, and I'll catch you later. Bye. Man, thanks for calling in. That was really, really cool. I like uh, all the encouraging words. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure. Is this where I really belong? I'm back where I belong. I don't know. A lot of people might disagree with that, but anyhow, no, I really appreciate you calling in, and uh, hey, if you haven't uh, braved the voicemail of death and you'd like to leave me a message, hey, I'd love to hear from you guys. It's 814-806-2828. You know, like thousands of the people that came before me that are descendants of me, who had originally been here, came before you. Oh, my mistake. Go ahead. You want me to do it or I mean, there there were thousands of people, and on down the line to where there were worms, and there were flatworms, and Chinese men that were tied to walls would show worm movies out of their penises into the air in apparent disgruntle and dismay, and it would be wadded up like a little girl would like wad up some tissue after she's blown her nose and looked in it in in the horror seeing little speckled pieces of blood in her snot it was on that that rag that she had wadded up and then she threw it away knowing that that was her life in there and that her life would never be the same because the world was divided up into four parts there was the magus the tutor the fancor and the doria and the doria and the fancor were at war with the tutor and the Fartals, who I haven't mentioned to this point, because they were the fifth part, who were invisible, and they were all powerful. And they were beyond the worms and beyond the Chinese men tied to the wall, who would show worm movies out of their penises, and who had originally been non-existent at all, and they never knew how to make fireworks, or ever rifles, or even, they never knew anybody from Saskatchewan that they didn't know how to dial on the telephone. And they had these Volkswagen buses that they had designed like they were cathedrals of God. And they had directed all of us, all of my relatives, the worms, and the Chinese man himself. They had traveled hundreds and thousands of miles. They had, when they came to the sea, they went under the sea and they talked to the fish. And see, when the fish travel in a line, there will be a little uh, dot near their rear end and a string will come out 
And I have made a kite before, and I have flown it out of the string that I got from the dots on fish's bottom ends. And I have flown it so high that I have been able to see the Etruscans, the Bolivians, the Artesians, and the Walhalters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Go to midnightcory.com. That's my blog, and that's where you can listen to the podcast, and you can listen to a bunch of other stuff and read a bunch of stuff that you may or may not care about. But it's a good time. Uh, voicemail is 814-806-2828. You can leave comments on uh, the blog and uh, tell me, you know, whatever. Uh, also, make sure you're listening to James Melzer, uh, Unleashed, over at jamesmelzer.net. Also, make sure you're listening to Library of the Living Dead, Library of Horror podcast with my friend Dr. Puss over there and a whole community of wonderful zombie people. So, that's all I got for you this week. Next week, uh, yeah, I'll be rambling on again. So, I'm sure, I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. (laughs) 